uh, if you have your Bible, take your Bible with me as we start off the service and we have a Bible decree. And what the Bible decree is, this is just a covenant between us and God. And it says what we believe and who we are. And we're not just a church, a community of believers. We're, we are sold out New Testament Bible believers who believe in the word of God and live our life according to it. So if you have your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, your your battery operated kids phone, I don't know what it is, but hold it high if it has the word of God on it. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen. You know, today we're going to be talking about a, a man who uh, was very, very close to Christ. So if you have your Bible, turn with me, if you would, please, to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 15. I'm going to be talking about emotional victory, the raising of Lazarus. And I love this story, and I can always go in different directions on this story, and I don't know where God's going to take me, but hopefully by the end of the service, we'll all be on the same path, going in the same direction, and enjoying our vacation together. I believe that there is more to this story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Than most realize for this story demonstrates the true nature of Christ. It exemplifies the authority over death and sin. And this story is about the manifestation of his far reaching power to reach into the grave and raise up the dead. I believe that this story is about more than Jesus having the power and authority to raise just the natural body. I believe it also demonstrates his power to bring one from the depths of sin's bondages. Wow, what a great part of Scripture. And so let's read together in John chapter 11. I will be referencing the New Living Translation, also the King James Version. But today we will start with verse number 1. And it says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Now, I love that, and for some of you that you might have a red-letter edition, we see here that Jesus is speaking. And what he is telling them is just this. He said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Know what happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Verse 5. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus 
had died. Now, isn't it amazing? Let me just pause right there at verse 14. The reason why I said 14, because if your pastor decides to go on a rabbit trail and forget where he stopped at, if I forget that, you guys can help me out, okay? Just one, you want, just, it's group participation, kind of like small group, okay? Here's what's amazing about that previous text. They hung out with Jesus. For some, they call it, they were homies. They loved each other. They were like family. And yet, here's what took place. Even though those disciples walked, they talked, they prayed, they seeked, they sought the face of God. They saw the miracles that were taking place. Here's what happened. They got emotionally wrapped up in their own feelings and not the feelings of the Savior, the Messiah. They even referenced him as rabbi. Now watch in the scriptures. We have to be very careful because if you start to take apart scriptures that you'll start to see that most of the time when they reference teacher, that's rabbi, they're not acknowledging him as the Savior who will come and save his people. So we start to, we start to recognize the questioning. Isn't it amazing that we can look at the scriptures and understand that even in this part of scripture, the disciples said, but hold on a minute. Who are you and how can you raise Lazarus from the grave because the grave could not contain the power of his name death you overcame once and for all just like the song that same power that Jesus had from God the father can also be used in us and the Bible says all we need is just a mustard seed just faith like a mustard seed so here's where we start to we start to realize that we're just kind of like them. Do you ever feel like when somebody's talking to you and the next thing you know, you know what they're saying isn't the truth, but you're so emotionally connected to them that the next thing you do, you start agreeing with everything they're doing and saying and living because it's hard to speak the truth. That's our society. That's our life. So church, here's the disciples. They saw the miracles that were taking place. They saw Jesus do works that no other man who had ever walked this earth did. But yet they were doubting, can you truly raise him from the grave? How many of you have been in a place where you go to God the Father through Jesus Christ his Son and then you say, oh God, I need your help through this. But then you shake your fist and you say, oh, God, why? Why are you doing this to me? Why? Why did you take my loved one? Why did you allow this to happen? Why did this relationship fail? Why did why did I lose my my brother, my sister? What has happened, God? And you're angry. See, that's a lie from the devil. And let me tell you, church, that Jesus isn't done. He knows exactly what you need, how much you need, and when you need it. See, that's where we fail. We fail to acknowledge that God is in control. God is in control. And sometimes He knows what's best for us. But guess who the adversary is? His name is Satan. And he's out to seek, kill, and destroy Whomever he can, that's 
what he does. But hold on a minute, Pastor. But, but you just said something about being emotionally involved. That is hard because when you're emotionally involved with someone or somebody, as soon as you take a stand, what happens, CJ? There's a song they wrote for that. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more. Hey, we were like harmonizing. That's, that's how it is. They, that's what happens. People don't want to hear what you have to say. They love to pour into self-pity. And so in this story, Jesus was trying to tell them, hold on, Martha and Mary. I've got everything under control. And again, this wonderful teacher, the Messiah, who is going to come, live out his life, work miracles, yet die on the cross for you and for I, because we need saved, has to go ahead and defend himself. Watch how the story unfolds. In verse 14 it says, So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. See, where's his faith? There he is, doubting Thomas again. Let's go hang out with the guy who's going to get persecuted. They're going to stone him. They're taking him out. Might as well go with him. But isn't it funny? We always want to be a part of the here's what's happening now club. I don't care if you're in school, if you're a teenager, I don't care if you're a young adult, I don't care if you're at work. You want to be a part of the here's what's happening now club. And what ends up happening is that Jesus was saying, hold on, let's wait up. It's okay, it's good. He already told him, listen, we're going to go, we'll be safe. Do you trust me? They already left everything they had to follow Jesus Christ. What is going on with this mic? Anyhow. Lord Jesus, let the Spirit flow through this mic. Verse 17, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, Bethany actually means the house of affliction. That's the word Bethany. So if you don't have it, write it in your Bible. You can write it to the side left notes. If you're, if you're typing it out, writing it out, whatever you're doing. House of affliction, affliction. I thought it was interesting. He was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Wow. That's simple truth. Right to the point. Your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Stop for just a minute. We identify here the love that Christ had. For mankind. Let me read this to you again. Here's the story of salvation. And if you walked into this church today with no hope, I pray that you leave with new hope. New hope in Jesus Christ, knowing that there is life in Jesus Christ. I'm a living testimony of it. 
I fell out of a car. Amen. We're all a living test. I fell out of a car when I was a kid. I've caught on fire. The grace of God has been with me throughout my whole life. People have wanted to kill me and shoot me. You try being a pastor. I just threw that in there. Come on, you guys, help me out. But here's what it says in verse 25. He said, I am the resurrection. I'm the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And then he pauses and he says, do you believe this, Martha? And he asked her a question. Why did he ask her that? Because she was already in a place of grief and mourning. She was already in this place where she felt lonely and abandoned. One, her sister Mary didn't want to come out to even speak to Jesus. So it would be very easy for her to take up that offense. Look what Jesus did. If he valued our friendship, he would have allowed Lazarus to not die. Isn't it a shame that in our life we have to walk around? Travis, thanks for, for being a, a great uh, model today in advertising. Be the light t-shirt from a few weeks ago at the festival. We have to let the world know that we are the light in a dark, dark world. Why do we have to continually do that? Look to the person next to you and say, be the light. We need a reminder, don't we? We need a reminder that so often that we live in a place where the light is starting to grow dim. It's going out. And yet, we still have a message to share with people. We need to tell them about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying here. He said, listen, why do you ask this question? Just believe, Martha. And so then in verse 27, he said, Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah. Now watch what the Scripture says. The Son of God. It doesn't say small s. It's capitalized, acknowledging in grammar his authority that he is the Messiah. The one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, that's large, large case L. Anytime you see that in Scripture, it acknowledges that He is Lord, that He is God. Often you'll find in Scripture the small case L will say a gentleman would be Lord, Lord over something. And it said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. One of the first verses that I ever memorized in Scripture. Are you with me? Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. You know, you're, you're really proud of yourself when you're a little dude, and, and all of a sudden you start memorizing Scripture. But I wasn't a little dude. I was 25 when I started that. Jesus wept. Just kidding. So it says here that he wept. 
And uh, I just lost my place. 36, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We're going to go back to uh, 35. Then Jesus wept. Then people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. And here's what Jesus told them. Roll the stone aside. Roll the stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone away. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out and his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So, so, Pastor, where are you going with this message today? Here's where I'm going with this message. I started watching this story unfold. And the sad part of this story is just this. No matter how many miracles are performed, no matter how many people that Jesus touched, there was still doubt. You can come to church... You can see miracles before your eyes. You can watch things take place in your life. And yet you still doubt. There was a time in my life when, when I would see, start to see the glory of the Lord work. And, and even in our ministry at New Hope, I've watched God unfold things. The day we, we decided to start the church, we got together and we were with a group of people. And we were praying, and, and we started on 2510 4th Street and, uh, in Cuyahoga Falls on a deck with 27 people. I found out the next week that in the YMCA that there was uh, they, a church was meeting in there, and they had closed the doors. So I decided to contact them, and I said to them, I said, can I come and meet with you? And Adam, who at the time was actually the YMCA director, he said, sure, come on in, let's talk. As I get there, I'm meted by a young lady by the name of Julie, and she greets me, and she says, Pastor Todd, we've been waiting for you. I go, you've been waiting for me? That's awesome. I love to hear stuff like that. And she said, no, you're not going to believe what happened. And I said, what? I'm going to tell you the story before we go in the meeting. I said, what is that? She said, we were on our knees in prayer. And we said, God, we know the church that was in here had been in here for several years, almost ten. And they left us. And, he, and she said, and today, I mean, and the day before you called, which was on Friday, and then I went, ended up going on a Monday. She said, we were on our knees praying. And you called us that afternoon. You have the YMCA for your place of worship. This is where you're going to meet. We're not going to argue with God. This place is yours. 
Man, it was awesome. Revival started taking place. We went from the jazzercise room with mirrors all the way around. You wanted to make sure you looked your finest because when you were worshiping, you were doing one of these numbers looking over your shoulder. Oh, my hand needs to turn this. Just kidding. So I started watching and noticing that even in even within this young lady, she started to see that God was working in this group of people. And then we left there. We went to the Quirk Cultural Center. And there's a story behind all of it. So we went in. We had a meeting. And the favor of God was just, it was awesome. God was there. He was on us, among us. He was for us. But all of a sudden, hardships started coming. Discouragement started setting in. I started having some doubts. I went to a community center in the church I was previously with. They were there too. And they did one of these things. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 They went over and told them they'll never make it. They'll never make it. They're not serious. What church? I'll never make it, but I'll make it with him. We'll all make it with him. I could have gotten emotionally involved. Where's the correlation, preacher? Here's where the correlation comes into place. Here was Lazarus in the grave. Mary and Martha are watching. I mean, this is all unfolding. And it says that they started doubting him. And it says in the scriptures that he got angry. The Bible we know says be angry and sin not. He got angry because he said, look, you see, but you don't believe. Why is it that you see, but you don't believe? And so Jesus says, here I go again. I've got to prove something to these people. Why is it that in the world today, we're always proving something to somebody? And I just spittled. That means spit in the King James Version. But but why is it? That people will see, but they still don't believe. You can say, God moved us to to 226 Southeast Avenue. God moved us to 1157 Riverside Drive. God moved us to the Court Cultural Center on Grant Street. And yet people have gotten so emotionally wrapped up in sin and in gossip that they have forgotten to see the glory and the power of Almighty God. That same power can do so much stuff. If you've walked in here today and you've doubted who Jesus Christ is, I'm here to tell you that you can have that same power. Jesus Christ lives and dwells within us. He lives in my heart. He lives in my life. I've seen Him unfold things that I could have never done myself. And so when you see in this text where where Martha and Mary start to question, it's because they were at the lowest. Their brother had died. How many of you have faced loss? We've all faced loss. People that we love that are very near and dear to us. I walked into a lady's house once to console her. She was from New Hope. This was several years back, about 13 years ago. And as I walked in, her husband said, she's right over there in the bedroom. And the door was open. They had like a sitting area in there. And and I stood in the door and she goes, but why, Pastor? Why? Why did this happen? Why would God take my mother? Well, because death is inevitable. 
It's unavoidable. But immediately I looked into her eyes and I saw the sense of loss and of grief. That emotional attachment that she had, that was her source of life. But church, I'm here to tell you, the only one that you need to have the source of life is Jesus Christ. Plug into Him. Line yourself up with Him. Live a life in Him. Jesus Christ was preaching a message to His disciples. And He said, Oh, but Martha, listen. As all the disciples were standing around, He said, Oh, but if you believe, you will see the glory of God. You will not die, but you will live on. That's the power of Almighty God. I love this story where it talks about this, this great... Uh, movement of the spirit of life of the resurrection because we lack so much faith but the bible says faith without works you're dead so we've got to live believing i believe that when i called that ymca we were going to get in there we went from the jazzercise room to the gymnasium at that time, that was back in the day when I, I knew that, that wearing suits were important. I am wearing a suit today because, and I'm roasting to death up here. I just want you all to know. All for that awesome wedding that we're going to perform today where my daughter Caitlin is at today. But I have to have this fan. Because when you're going through menopause, Andrew pause, puts everything on pause, you just die. I don't know what's happening, but I am 49. We're holding it right there till April 3rd. Then I'll be 50. Glory, hallelujah. It makes my stepmom and my mom just feel young and youthful when we, when we say things like that. And <laughs> reality is this. Where we doubt, we have to go back to the Word of God. We have to say, Lord, I know here's where I lack in my faith. Here's where I lack in my walk. So this week, if I drive this home, this week, whatever you've been going through, whatever you've been doing, where is it that you've lacked in your faith? Where is it you've lacked in your walk in Christ? Has He been your all in all? So we come to this place, and it doesn't matter if I do backflips across the front, if we sing and dance and worship and all that kind of stuff, what matters more importantly is that we have the Word. And so I'm just going to make this, I'm going to throw it out here, that, that Jesus Christ was all about fellowship. So he identified with fellowship, then he also identified with the love that he had, and he was also identifying that he was God's son who would come to save the world. So the question is this in your life. If you're ever going to have emotional victory in your life, you've got to start believing. And so Jesus is constantly reiterating and telling the disciples, don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith. I come to church because I desire to grow in Christ. I was telling the men this morning in small group, one of the things for me is that I learned from you men. The ladies have a group. I want you guys to know that, that my daughter, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, and soon-to-be son-in-law, Travis, next year that is, um, it's not official, 
Look at your... But the day will soon come. We'll be, they're actually going to be working with our youth. And, uh, and they started today. So as they're working with our youth, they will show the youth exactly what it's about to live life in faith and in Christ. It's a big calling. I did it for 17 years before I started being senior pastor of New Hope. But if you came to church today and you've never experienced Jesus Christ, I want you to experience him in his fullness today. We wear stuff, the shirts that say, I have decided, and on the back of it, there you go, thank you, and on the back is to follow Jesus. We wear shirts that Trina has on, it says hashtag Team Jesus. We wear shirts that say, be the light. We worship like we're in the presence of Almighty God. But I don't want to just have a church, I want to be the church. I want to have revival. Revival is here in Talmadge, Ohio. God is working in Talmadge, Ohio. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day. Listen to a thought I wrote down. If you go places with Jesus, and if you are involved in his works, if you experience his resurrection power, then you must die with Christ at the altar of repentance. How sad that a group of people didn't believe who he was. So how many believers are in this room? How many of you truly believe? Amen. We're believers in Jesus Christ. And what would you do? How would your faith be increased? What would he put you through? That you would believe that I'm here for a reason. I'm going to give this thought now. I'm going to close. Martha said to him, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would have never died. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would have never died. My stepmom Hazel's over here. I'm here and I'm listening to my dad sleep. And in that moment, I had two choices. One was to cry, one was to weep, one was to pray. All these emotions started to take place. This was ten years ago, but it feels like it was just yesterday. And we've all faced loss. We've all had that disappointment through loss. And the feelings are real. I'll never discredit that. A part of you dies when your loved one moves on. But as I was there... I want you to know, church, that I felt the presence of Almighty God. And I knew He was with us. He was for us. He was answering prayer. My prayer was three weeks before that. I said, oh God, please take my dad. Do not let him suffer through cancer. We all got together and I said, in three weeks, can we all get together on that Friday night? All of us siblings were together that afternoon. We all were at the house. God spoke to me. I, I listened. When I heard that, I moved. And I remembered just standing and the room got dark. And for some of you, if you've heard the story and for others, you haven't. But I want you to know that there was an emotional victory for me. And that I know that I stand up here 
sold out, separated, born again Christian, preaching God's word to let you know that there is hope and life in Jesus Christ. And so as I was on that side of the bed, I just remember the room getting somewhat dark. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, say goodbye. Your dad is going to die. So I got up. I just remembered I was eating a baked potato. I love baked potato, butter, sour cream. It's delicious. Man, it's making me hungry right now. But it turned to cotton in my mouth. So I put it aside and I leaned up and, wow, this wasn't even in my message, church. You know, you get flooded with emotions because emotions are real. So I leaned up and I kissed my dad on the forehead. And as I sat back down, this voice whispered in my ear, that's not what I told you to do. I told you to say goodbye. I I remember specifically turning and looking as if something was there. So I got up and again kissed my dad on the forehead, told him I loved him, I said goodbye. And I remember saying to to my stepmom, Hazel, hey, can we all get together? Can we all just kind of kneel around the bed and let's pray? I knew I had heard the voice of God. Listen, church, it is real. It is real. This isn't some charismatic story that I'm trying to motivate our church. I'm telling you that when I heard this from Martha saying, where were you? If you were here, my brother would still be alive. God's always there. The Bible's words are true. It says, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. I am by your side. I am walking with you. You are my child. I'm the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. I am light in the darkness. You are highly favored. You are a champion. You are a victor, not a victim. You are God's child. And so we got together and we knelt around that bed. And I could still remember it as vivid. We joined hands. It was the last time that I ever heard my dad breathe. But I started praying. I can't even remember the prayer. But I remembered at that time saying, even though my dad walks through the valley of the shadow of death, may he fear no evil. May you comfort him. May you guide him. Thank you, God, you're with us. And I remember some of the prayer. I can't remember all of it. But at that moment, I said, Amen. And as we were there, my dad took his last breath and the Holy Spirit left him. You know what that told me? That God's real. That right there in that moment in my life, all the times I had doubted who He was, all the times that I questioned in my mind and in my heart, is God real? Right at that moment, God revealed Himself to me. And Jesus manifested himself and said, say goodbye, not on behalf of yourself, but for your family. And so, no, dad was committed into the arms of Jesus Christ. But I will live with the great hope that someday, as it says, on that glorious day, I will see him again. And so church, if you've been wavering in your faith, 
If you don't know who you are in Christ, if Christianity has not been a part of who you are, I could share a hundred stories with you since I surrendered when I was 15 years old to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen his almighty power. And all of you are a living testimony of that. You're here today because God had a reason for you to be here. This was your appointed time. Maybe there's been something you've been holding on to. Maybe there's something that you've been grasping that's been keeping you hung up, tied up. Maybe you're dealing with some type of addiction. Maybe you're dealing with some, some hang up in your life that you need freed from. I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the only way. And you can come to him today. We always have an altar call at our church. And at this church, we are here to pray with you. And to let you know that you can come to Jesus Christ just as you are. That He loves you, He cares for you, and you mean something to Him. So the pastor stands here, feeling a sense of, wow, thank you God. Thank you, God, for all you do. This isn't my story. This is his story. And for the same reason, we're at 226 Southeast Avenue, because this isn't my story. This is his story. And we're all here for a reason, to be kingdom-minded, to live our life for Jesus Christ. So what have you done this past week? Have you been a Mary? Have you avoided who Jesus is. Have you been a Martha who said, Oh Lord, Messiah, I know who you are. Or have you been the disciples who said, Jesus, just one more miracle. That's all I need from you. Give me another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. You've been struggling because you haven't bent the knee. Bow your head, bend your knee, surrender your life. When you get to the end of yourself, you get to the beginning of God. And we are living testimonies of that. I could have sat there thinking to myself, it's just my head talking to me. But I reacted. It's not just your head talking to you right now. It's the Holy Spirit. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure? that you would go to heaven? Do you know for certain that Jesus Christ is Lord of all? Do you believe in the resurrected Savior? You can come to Him today. Let's rise to our feet. And I never close out any one of our services without giving you the opportunity to be able to come and to pray. We're going to sing a song as the praise team comes called, Lord, I Need You. As we sing this song, I want you to know that on this side of glory, God still loves you and that He died for you. God knew Lazarus. He wept. And even Jesus had an emotional victory. Will you have victory today in your walk? If God started speaking to you, you get out of your seat, you come to an altar. McDonald's is not having an altar call up the street here. 
just want you to know, you came to this place because this is where we meet God. This is His house, His sanctuary, His church. And you are His children. You're His people. Would you come to Him today? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. And we thank you that, Lord, you always show yourself. You manifest yourself to to show us that you're not just some ghost being, that you are the living Christ, that you answer prayer. God, I thank you that you've brought our friends, our family, our visitors, our guests into this place today. To give them a hope and a future. To let them know that their past doesn't define who they'll be today, tomorrow, or for eternity. The only one that matters is you. So God, we come before you today to say, Lord, we know that whatever we're going through, whatever we've been through, that we are not alone. We will not shake our fists. We will not question. We know that you've orchestrated everything in our lives. No matter what our story is, no matter what our journey is, God, you've revealed yourself to us. Thank you for being the lily of the valley. Thank you for lifting us up. And God, may we walk out of here encouraged. And Father God, if there's somebody here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, may they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. For many in this room... You could say a simple prayer like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know in my past I've done wrong. I've even wronged you. But Father God, I thank you for your Son. Jesus Christ who came, who was crucified, who shed His blood for me, who was put in a tomb who died but rose the third day to give me life. Father God, I believe in You. I believe that You're the resurrection and You're the life. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I'll give You all the authority that is owed. In Jesus' name I pray.